on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they uh, replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Having Amy and uh, and Jake with us uh, this morning just reminds me that I was looking at uh, reviewing our RNLI rescue uh, about 10 days ago. This was a rescue that took place a fortnight ago yesterday. And it was at uh, Port Call. And one of the crew was getting married that Saturday afternoon. So the entire crew of the RNLI lifeboat station were were at the marriage. 
And the vicar, just really as the joke, said, please remember to turn off your phones uh, if you're a member of the crew, keep your pages on. Well, 17 minutes into the service, all the pages went off. It's going to be like that at 3 o'clock this afternoon, apparently. So, all the pages went off. So, half the congregation disappeared. The groom, however, <laughs> stayed. So, I don't watch this rescue. They, they, they took out the, the inshore... Uh, boats, a couple had been cut off by the tide and the tide was coming in and they couldn't get away and they took the boat in as close as they could and then it was too dangerous to go closer to the rocks so one of the crew jumps out now our, our crews now will have a boat for recording uh, uh, so we can actually see what happens during the rescue, rescue. more more um, sensitive is the fact that you can hear what they're saying and so he jumps out and immediately all you see is loads of bubbles because he goes under the water before he gets up again then he wades up to the shore and there's this couple that you see in front of him and the couple say oh oh thank you so much for coming and you get this voice saying oh oh that's all right Uh, actually we were in church we were at a wedding and they said, oh, I'm so sorry. And then the crew man said, no, it's all right, it was before the sermon. <laughs> I, I was even more amused to find that the name of the crew member was Luke Anderson, not the relative. No, all right. <laughs> so if your pages go off, I will understand. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing on my words this morning, that we may open ourselves to your Holy Spirit to hear you, to know you, and to respond to you. Amen. Now, if I was to ask you the question, what do we know about the two people that Jesus met on the road to Emmaus? What would you answer? Just think about what you would answer. What do we know about them? What do we know about them? Think of everything you know about them. Just little bits coming out. But the answer is not a lot. Not a lot. We do know, we do know that one of them was called Cleopas. We presume they lived in Emmaus, but they didn't necessarily live there because what we read in our scripture reading this morning was that they were staying there. It could have been their home that they invited Jesus into. Certainly was their home for that time. We presume that the reason they were coming back from Jerusalem to Emmaus was because they'd gone there for the Passover. But we don't know very much about them. We do know that they were followers of Jesus. They knew about Jesus. And I think one of the things about this story, I think is very relevant, is they're not someone or two people that we hear lots about. They're not a big focus. They're not one of the 12 disciples. They are just followers of Jesus. 
We don't know how close they were or how far they were, but actually what Jesus has done is relevant for everyone. It wasn't just the high and the mighty or those that we know lots about that Jesus appeared to. Jesus appeared to them. He gave them the opportunity to know him. We know Jesus was alongside them on the journey back to Emmaus. But they did not realise who he was. They did not recognise him. Now, the uh, Greek scholars among you would have noticed the use of passive construction in the passage. Um, I'm not asking you to put up your hand if you recognise that. But this is, is, is when... It doesn't say they didn't recognise uh, him, it says they, they, they were stopped from recognising him. But that was uh, the Greek element there, and, and this is known as the divine passive. The divine passive. So it's put in a context of, if they didn't recognise him, God who is divine is in control, and therefore that's sort of attributed to God. But the fact was, they did not recognise him. And actually... That may not be so surprising as we might think in the first place. I don't know how good you are at recognising people. I have to say, it is not one of my gifts. And my wife, Mary Jane, uh, when she was alive, she was incredibly good at spotting people. She knew everyone. People I haven't heard of, people I should have heard of, people I had heard of. And she would be saying to me, oh, did did you see who that was who pastor said? i say, no. And it'd be some person, personality or something or whatever. My, my two most notorious ones of, of getting wrong was, first of all, Bob Geldof. And I'd been talking to him and I came away and Mary Jane said, do you know who that was? I said, I'm the faintest idea. <laughs> Bob Geldof. I said, who? No. <laughs> I think the second one was even worse. And that was Sebastian Coe. He was introduced to us as the guest speaker. We were introduced by name. So there I was trying to work out who this person was. And then we had a nice chat. And then I, I started talking to, to the, the host of that event. And Mary Jane carried on talking to this person. And she said to me, she said to me afterwards, when they went up to actually open the event, she said, you didn't know who that was, did you? I thought, oh dear, was it that obvious? I said, who was it? She said, Co. I said, well, I'm the one that watches sport, not you. How did you know it was Seb Co? She said, because he was wearing an Olympic tie. So I asked him how he got it. And then they went on stage and, and he was introduced, as he came on stage, the person introducing him said, and here's our guest speaker who needs no introduction. <laughs> I refrain from shouting out. But you see, it was out of context. It was out of context. I was not expecting them to be there. Maybe a Bob had got a guitar over his shoulder or something, that might have given me a clue. Or if uh, Seb had been in his racing gear. 
But I was not expecting them at that event. I was not expecting them to be there. And so that's the situation these two followers were in. They didn't recognize him. But how well did they know him anyway? Had they been followers in a crowd? They obviously knew where Jesus and the the disciples and and the other uh, followers were after after the crucifixion because they, they raced to Jerusalem to find them. So they were close, but we don't know how close. But of course, also, they believed he was dead. So we have two areas of, it was out of context that Jesus would be alongside them. They were not expecting that. They were not expecting that. They believed he was dead. And they, as they didn't invite him in, sorry, as they didn't recognise him, it was the point when they invited him in. The point where they took time to listen to Jesus, to pause and listen, that that point of revelation came. The point of recognition and acknowledgement came when he shared the bread with them. Verse 30, when he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened as he broke the bread, as he gave thanks. Now we immediately associate the giving giving of thanks and breaking of bread with the Last Supper. But of course, these two followers were not at the Last Supper. So maybe they were in the crowd of 5,000 when Jesus fed the 5,000. If you remember, he took the fish and he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke them. And then they were distributed to all who were there. So there was something in that brokenness. There was something in that. Maybe they'd been at another meal with Jesus. We don't know. But we do know in that representation of Christ giving himself for us. That was the point of recognition that they knew it was Jesus. So whatever their experience of Jesus in the past, it was at this significant point when the bread was broken and thanksgiving that they recognised Jesus. And in recognising Jesus and that he was alive, at that point, they recognised that therefore he was the Messiah, he was the Saviour. Jesus was risen from the dead. And let's look at their reaction. Two things. Two things particularly to look at their reactions. First of all, they acknowledged who Jesus was. If we go back early on in the reading, in verse 19, they're saying about Jesus of Nazareth. They're telling Jesus about Jesus of Nazareth. And they say, he was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And then they go on, we had hoped that he was the Messiah. So he hasn't fulfilled their their expectation. He is now a prophet. A prophet. 
But after they met with Jesus, after they met with Jesus, verse 34, they declare to the disciples and the other believers, it is true, the Lord has risen. They've changed from a view of Jesus as a good man, a prophet, a godly man, a man used by God and for God to actually be God himself, the Messiah who's come to save, to give them new life. And they were transformed. Verse 17, when they met Jesus, when they were on that road, they stood still and their faces were downcast. They did not have hope. They were disappointed people. After they met Jesus, they got and returned to Jerusalem at once. Now, Jerusalem was seven miles away. They'd just come all the way from Jerusalem. They were tired. They were disappointed. They meet Jesus and they're transformed. They're they're enlivened. They're given strength. They're given joy, they're given hope. And suddenly, it's no bother to go back the other seven miles, back to Jerusalem, just to share the good news of discovering that Jesus is alive, Jesus is real, Jesus is involved with them. I'd like to think of how quick they must have gone back compared to how long it took them to get there. I often wonder the comparative times between the journeys. And uh, by the way, just so I'm very inclusive, if anyone's in metrics, seven miles is 11.1 kilometres. But how does this all impact on us? We see how it impacted on them, meeting Jesus, the risen Jesus. Well, I think, first of all, it tells us, as we thought about earlier, that Jesus is relevant to everyone. They hadn't done anything special. They hadn't set themselves apart in any way. But Jesus was relevant to them. But then it gives us a challenge. Do do our lives reflect that we know about Jesus? (coughs) Or do they reflect that we know Jesus? What do other people see? Do they see someone who can tell them all about Jesus, what he did? Or do they see someone who knows Jesus, knows God with them each day, knows the Holy Spirit working through them? On Easter Sunday, Tasha talked to us about engaging with Jesus, being engaged in our Christian life, just having that... (laughs) daily walk with Jesus so Jesus makes a difference in what we do and how we do it that oneness to Jesus working through us to his Holy Spirit so are our lives transformed or do they conform I was reminded of Romans chapter 12 as I was preparing this where we're encouraged to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good 
pleasing and perfect will. And isn't that the prayer for each one of us? That we are transformed by that experience of knowing God, of knowing God guide us, knowing his peace, knowing his presence in all that we do. The times that we spend in prayer to know God's voice, to know God's direction. That awareness that he's with us each part of the day. And just as that's the prayer for us as individuals, that we will be out fulfilling his purposes, making a difference to others because Jesus is with us. As we have our APCM this afternoon, as we come and give thanks for what God has been doing through his people in our church is here as we give thanks to God. So, so we want that relationship, that transformation, that means that we go forward with Christ in the centre. That we as a body know his purposes for us. That we respond saying we believe And God, we want you involved in every aspect of our lives. And as we do that, God will use us. As we turn to him, as we trust in him, as we have Jesus in the centre, then we will make a difference to those around us. We will make a difference to our communities. We will be walking together with God. But it starts at that point. The point that our two followers were at, where they said, when they acknowledged Jesus and said, I believe, they looked at each other and said, surely this is the risen Christ. I believe. And then they needed to tell others about it. Let me just read from the message those two verses that I... I referred to earlier in Romans. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. And we respond knowing that as we respond, he gives us his strength his direction, his peace, his presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit working through our lives to make a difference, fulfilling his will and his purposes. I'm going to suggest now, actually, that we sing together, going back to proclaim, I believe, I believe, we believe. And this version may be not a version you know, so just please just follow the words, or, or you'll find that the chorus is easy to pick up and join in. But 
for God to be at work through us, we have to believe knowing God, not knowing about God. So I'd invite you all to stand up um, as we listen and sing this together. Please stand. Tell you we 